pretty mild mannered. It's hot now. Paul oh, punches a throw. Paul and Rondo throwing punches. Ingram comes in. He's throwing punches. Security trying to separate. So are some of the teammates. Today's episode of Too Legit with Alex Fernandez is brought to you by Lamp Apparel. Make sure to check out their sweet clothes. It's basketball season. They got all types of goodies. Lampapparel.com. On today's show, we're going to be talking the World Series. Yes, got to give a fuck about baseball when it's the World Series, especially with my Dodgers being in it back to back years. We'll be discussing a full breakdown for all you betters and all you uh, baseball fans. After that, we'll get into some NBA talk. Got, I got some overreactions after the first week of games. I got some overreactions for all 30 teams, so we'll dive into there. And of course, NFL, Monday night, what was that on Monday night football? And some some notes from the weekend that we'll discuss further. Other than that, I may have to talk about Conor McGregor's Instagram post that uh, just hit my feed. I may have to read that live on the air. I don't know what it says, and I may just have to read that live on the air. So that may close the show. So that will close the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, thank you. Uh, thank you for subscribing and leaving a five-star rating because I know everyone listening to the show is leaving five-star ratings for me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it ahead of time. If you're watching on Instagram and YouTube, thanks for subscribing and watching the digital daily video content on YouTube and Instagram at Two Legit Sports. Let's play some audio and get the party started. The next from Kershaw. The Dodgers have won the pennant. Back to the World Series they go. A final of five to one. The Boston Red Sox and the Los Angeles Dodgers are in the World Series. If you're Fox right now, you're jumping for joy. Easily 100% because think about it. it Dodgers... Red Sox, Yankees, Cubs are probably the top four in terms of ratings. So if you get a combination of those four, you're golden. Dodgers-Yankees may be the ultimate, though. I think that may be the leader in the clubhouse. Nevertheless, we have the Red Sox and the Dodgers. The series starts at Fenway. Where do we start? Well, it starts tonight with Kershaw and Sale. Let's go with the full breakdown, how we got there. The Dodgers beat the Braves in four. Shout out to Xavier in my Toastmasters class. He's a huge Braves fan. Had to beat you in four. And then, of course, we had to go through the Brew Crew, the team with the best record in the National League, the team who had a game 163 just like the Dodgers. They rolled through the Rockies, but the Dodgers beat them in seven to get to the World Series. Yasiel Puig powered it he dx chopped it and he executed it in the dugout and that put a wrap on the nlcs and the dodgers are in back-to-back world series the analytics are working and dave roberts is working the book he's doing what he has to do he's made some great calls so far in the postseason so i'm not surprised they're there the offense didn't really show up for half the games and they still got there their defense was pretty horrendous the first half of the series they still won the series the Brewers look like they played better overall, but the Dodgers are an elite team when they're healthy and they found a way to win, and that's what great teams do. They find ways to win, especially on the road in a Game 7. 
Speaking of great teams finding ways to win and you scratch your head afterwards, the Boston Red Sox beat the Houston Astros in five games. They dropped the first game and won four straight games. Although the Boston Red Sox had the best record in Major League Baseball and the most runs in the league, they didn't look great against the Astros. Chris Sale only gave you four innings, right? David Price wasn't so great in his first outing. After the first game, you were thinking, holy crap, these Astros with Bregman, Springer, Altuve, Gonzalez. Like, I, I'm, I'm so happy the Dodgers are not facing the Astros. That lineup, there's no easy outs. However, the Red Sox have the MVP Mookie Betts, the MVP runner-up J.D. Martinez, and they made it happen. They hit home runs. They got runs when they needed it, and they beat the Astros. They beat the Yankees as well. They were hanging up some crooked numbers at, at Yankee Stadium. And the Red Sox are now in the World Series. They are facing the Dodgers. Of course, it is a best of seven. The series starts at Fenway Park tonight. The series starts at Fenway with Kershaw going against Sale. Ace versus Ace. Let's give this a breakdown. Let's look at the pitching because the pitching is going to be a huge factor in the World Series. The Red Sox do not hit left-handed pitching very well. Okay, they're a great offensive team, but they struggle against lefties so look for kershaw oh i have the list right here you got kershaw you got ryu you got bueller in game three and then you got rich hill in game four three lefties and i believe they have wood in the, uh, in the bullpen and they added another guy they replaced ferguson and they added another lefty to their 25 man roster to have all the lefties ready for the show so the starting but the, you got to look at the pitching of the red sox as well with sale and price and the Dodgers haven't hit left-handed pitching that well either. So you have Sale, you have Price, you got Eovalde in there. It's going to be an amazing matchup starting pitching-wise. The bullpen is where it's going to get fun. That's where all shit is going to go through the fan. And every angle is going to hit the fan. You have Craig Kimbrell, a.k.a. the walking earthquake, ready to blow a save. Okay, He's just waiting. He's been teasing all postseason. And I believe he will blow one in the World Series. But we will get there. You got Eovaldi to give you some middle innings, I believe. And I, the other, the rest of the bullpen is, is pretty uh, suspect. That's what that's what Boston fans would say. This is me asking Boston fans. The Dodgers have had a solid bullpen. The NLCS, they outpitch the Brewers no matter how much John Smoltz will tell you. The Dodgers outpitch the Brewers in the NLCS. You got Baez, who's been pitching pretty well. You had Ferguson in there. You have Wood. You got Jansen shutting the door. You got Kershaw in there for absolutely no reason when he's when he's starting. You go for the juggler and you put Kershaw out there. Offense, both teams are stacked. Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez. There are no easy outs in the Red Sox lineup, especially when there's a DH involved. They led the league in runs. I believe they led the league in did they lead the league in home runs as well, or was that the Dodgers overall? I know the Red Sox led it in the AL and the Dodgers in the NL. So you got mashers, you got offensive powerhouses going at it. You got Fenway Park with the short green monster. It's going to be interesting. Boston's offense is going to be really interesting when it goes to Dodger Stadium. When they play those three games without the DH, how they try to include everybody in the lineup. It'll be real interesting for Alex Cora how they're going to do that. The Dodgers, on the other hand, get to add a batter, so that's pretty cool. And they don't have to keep pinch hitting for the pitchers. That's really helpful. It stretches out the bench, which... It favors the Dodgers. The Dodgers have the better bench on paper, in my opinion. You got Dozier. 
And you got uh, Kike Hernandez to play all sorts of positions. Chris Taylor, Jock Peterson. You have players for every position. The defense, I mean, the, the Red Sox have an amazing defense. I'm going to give them credit. They may even win that advantage. The Dodgers have been sloppy in the postseason when it comes to defense. Lots of pass balls, lots of errors in the infield. The, the Red Sox have an amazing defense. That outfield, Ben Attendee, Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr. Unbelievable outfield, okay? Unbelievable. Ben Attendee clinched the series pretty much with that game-saving catch. Uh, I get, was it Alex Bregman? It was Alex Bregman in game four, pretty much end of the series with that amazing catch. He's a gold glover. All those guys are gold glovers in my opinion. So I'll give the defense to the Red Sox. The X factor for me in this series is going to be Manny Machado. Okay. Manny Machado, AL East, very familiar with Fenway Park. I expect a big series for Manny Machado. Okay. He wants to get that $300 million contract. He must have a big World Series. He's going for that World Series MVP. He is a good bet for it if you're picking the Dodgers to win. I believe Betts is the, is the betting favorite right now to win the MVP. My prediction for the 2018 MLB World Series, the Los Angeles Dodgers will beat the Boston Red Sox in six games. From what I see in the pitching matchups, the managerial experience is Alex Cora's First year, I understand he has the best team in baseball. 104 wins. 108 wins, excuse me. But this is the World Series. The bright lights. The biggest stage. Roberts was here last year. The Dodgers are going to have the chip on their shoulder to come out strong. Similar to the Royals in 2015. I believe the Dodgers will split them in Fenway Park. They'll win one of the first two. They'll win two out of three at Dodger Stadium. And to come back to Fenway Park in Game 6, the series will end. The Dodgers will win the World Series in Fenway Park Game 6. Game 1 tonight is going to be huge because I believe the Red Sox will get the advantage and they will have the lead in the ninth inning. Okay? Craig Kimber will be on the mound and he will give up a home run. He'll give up the lead in Game 1. That will end the series similar to the 2015 World Series where Familia came in and blew the Game 1 lead and then they got swept out of the World Series. The New York Mets got swept by the Kansas City Royals. Craig Kimbrell, this may be the night. The wrong batter comes up. Justin Turner, Manny Machado, one of these guys comes up, hits a clutch home run, a clutch extra base hit. Jansen, it's a road game. He could get away with it. When it was at home against the Astros last year, that was tough. He, he, it was hard to recover. It's hard for a closer to recover a blown save at home. When the Dodgers win the World Series, Joe Buck and John Smoltz, they're not really feeling the Dodgers this postseason. They're going to be like, the Los Angeles Dodgers have won the World Series. And that'll be it. That'll be the, that'll be the celebration. But if the Red Sox win it, it hasn't happened in over five years. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Woo! Like that, that's it. That's going to be the difference right there. Paul gets in the face. Rondo throws a punch. Paul throws a punch. Ingram comes in here. He throws a punch. Those three will be suspended for those punches. Multiple games. Week one of NBA is almost in the books. And for people who are aware, we've had free league pass for the first week of the NBA season. So I've got to catch 
a whole lot of NBA action on NBA TV. And it seems like every day there's a televised game now. So you're always watching basketball on national television. And boy, howdy, I got some reactions. I don't even know why I said boy, howdy. Because I watched the Spurs and the Lakers last night and makes me think it's a boy, howdy. But I have a reaction to all 30 NBA teams so far. This is definitely an overreaction. Huge overreaction to the first week of the NBA. All 30 teams. Let's start with the Atlanta Hawks. May not be an overreaction. They're just bad people. They're really bad. Trey Young's balling. He's dropping 35 one night, but he only give you eight the next night. I love me some Trey Young. If he gets consistent, look out. Get some bruisers on that team to, to lay down some pick and rolls for him. And it'll be bad ass. But Atlanta, going to be really bad. 12 wins probably. Always bet the under on the Atlanta Hawks. They're tanking. Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics. One word, stacked. They're stacked. They got so many weapons. When they're healthy, if they stay healthy. Also, Jason Tatum is the number one option in Boston. Can we just establish that right now? Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, the ghost of Isaiah Thomas. You better recognize that Jason Tatum is the number one option in Boston. He's your Kobe. He's got all the moves. He's got the Mamba mentality. He plays hard. I'm a big Jason Tatum guy. Although he's a Celtic, I like Jason Tatum. He's a great player. Brooklyn. All I can say about the Brooklyn Nets is they're looking forward to drafting someone finally. They haven't had their draft pick in what seems like 25 years. They traded all their picks for Kevin Garnett, Jason Terry, Paul Pierce, and some clam chowder. And now the New York Nets, New York Nets, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be picking somebody. The biggest story for the Brooklyn Nets is what's going on with Spencer Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell. You're going to have to pick one eventually, and you're going to have to pay one eventually. So either trade one or figure it out, man. I got Spencer Dinwiddie on my fantasy team. He's getting, you know, 12 points. He gets his assist. My man should be playing more minutes and start him. I like Dinwiddie. I believe he went to USC, so he's an L.A. guy. Go Dinwiddie. D'Angelo, ah, not really feeling D'Angelo Russell, although he was a Laker. He was the number two overall pick out of Ohio State. He was supposed to be the crown jewel of the Mitch Kupchak revival. And instead, he was traded with, who was it, Timothy Mozgov? He was traded with Mozgov, and we got Brooke Lopez. And the pick that ended up being Kyle Kuzma, I believe. So we, we ended up winning that trade and whatever. I guess I wish you the best, D'Angelo Russell. Charlotte. Tony Parker looks weird in a Charlotte uniform. That's all I got. Not really watching the Hornets on a daily basis there. I don't even think Hornets fans watch them on a daily basis. Chicago Bulls. No defense. Sorry, Nick, the Bulls fan. They're not winning 30 games this year. No way. No defense. And they're spending a lot of money on Zach Levine and Jabari Parker, which makes me think that Paxson and Gar Foreman believe that the Chicago Bulls should be winning some games. So surprise, surprise, Fred Hoiberg might get fired because they believe that Jabari Parker and Zach Levine should be winning games in the East. But that's not the case. Cleveland Cavaliers. Irrelevant. Nobody's watching the Cavs. Shout out to all my Cavs fans. But the only two national, nationally televised games for you is when you go to L.A. and play LeBron and when the Lakers come to you and you play LeBron. That pretty much says it all about the Cleveland Cavaliers. You have an all-star in Kevin Love. You have the young bull Colin Sexton. You have the goat Seti Osman. And that's about it. You got J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson trying to figure out what is life now in Cleveland. They seem like they're having a lot more fun. 
but they're just a bad team to watch. Not even league pass worthy. Detroit. Blank. I literally have nothing. I haven't watched a single minute of Detroit basketball, so you're going to have to get back to me on that. Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson. I don't know what's going on. I haven't watched a single minute of Detroit basketball. They may make the playoffs. They're probably going to end up with 35 wins. That's my Detroit basketball in a nutshell. Indiana. Lots of pieces for the Pacers. They're trying to figure it out. They took a huge L against Minnesota last night. But they got Bogdanovich, Miles Turner, Sabonis, Oladipo. Tyreek Evans, I believe, is on that team. Darren Collison's still in the backcourt as well. Good team. Should be the fourth seed in the East. Miles Turner signed an $80 million extension, but he seems kind of lost. He's not really doing his damn thing like he was in the years past. Maybe the, the combination of Sabonis and him. So very interesting dilemma going on there with Sabonis and Turner. Turner's numbers. Got to boost him up, man. I love me some Miles Turner. When he was playing LeBron on a weekly, on a monthly basis, he was dominating. He was an animal on his televised games. Miami. Dwayne Wade's last ride. This is his last dance. Go out and watch him. I'm going to make sure to go watch Dwayne Wade either when he plays the Lakers or the Clippers. Maybe the Clippers because those tickets are about 90% cheaper. But Dwayne Wade, you're a legend, man. I remember the 3 draft with LeBron, you, Melo, Bosch, and, of course, Darko Milicic. Dwayne Wade, a.k.a. Wade County. One of the best shooting guards. And one of the best shoe guys out there because he's been with so many companies. I remember when he was with Converse, I had Dwayne Wade's Converse shoe. They were very uncomfortable. But I had them because I was a Dwayne Wade fan. And then I believe he went to, was it Jordan? And then he went to Reebok? He's been into a bunch. Now he's with uh, his own brand in China. He's been to a lot of different brands. But I remember those Converse shoes. Holy crap, were they bad. And they had the little, that little star on the side. Orlando. A lot of cool young pieces, but still they don't know what the f they're doing in the front office, it seems like. They got all these repeats. They got to trade Vucevic. They got to trade Fournier. But they have a really good defensive lineup with Isaac and Bamba and, I believe, Gordon. They have some great young pieces. They just got to play them and see what happens and make some trades and, and make some things happen. Add a, a second-level player. Like, you don't have to add an all-star. Jimmy Butler on Orlando would be ridiculous. Steve Clifford is trying his best, and I believe he's doing a solid job so far with the Magic and what they have. Still going to win 25 games. But the Magic, at least there's progress, and their jerseys are incredible those blue jerseys this is just wear those 90s jerseys all year forget the the dwight howard era retire those jerseys burn them Re forget whatever era that was last year and the years in the past burn it all about these new jerseys with the disney logo on it need mickey mouse there at halftime doing dunks off a trampoline make it happen philly good not where they were last year missing bellinelli and Ilyasova. They're going to make some trades. They'll make some moves at the deadline. Philly will be there. They'll be in the conversation in the top four, top five. Embiid is solid. Ben Simmons is out here passing with eyes on the back of his head. Still not shooting much, but a fun team to watch. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid do play better when Markel Fultz is off the court. So they should start J.J. Redick and have Markel Fultz be the sixth man of the year. Toronto, beast of the East. This may be the deepest Raptor team in history. They got Kawhi Leonard. Danny Green is sipping on some good uh, maple syrup out there in Toronto because he is revitalized. He's shooting threes. He's playing defense. 
They lock down in Toronto. They beat Boston. They beat Washington on a back-to-back, and Kawhi Leonard was resting. They beat him. They beat him handily. Toronto is right now the team to beat. I can't wait to see how they are at the halfway mark. But, man, if they stay healthy, they are trouble. They are trouble in the East. The defense is locked down in Toronto, and they're scoring. Kawhi Leonard is scoring, and they're scoring. I have to look at the numbers, but I don't know if he's performing at the all-star level he was, but he seems pretty solid, scoring 20 and 10 at least. Last and definitely the least, Washington, the Wizards, snuck out a victory yesterday. I really thought they were going to lose last night, be 0-4. Scotty Brooks going to be on the hot seat, but they got the W last night. It was a backcourt versus backcourt matchup. And we'll get to the Blazers in a little bit. But the Wizards, they were my bad surprise team. I think they're going to be really bad. I believe they're going to be really bad. They should just go all out and trade for Jimmy Butler. Trade Otto Porter for Jimmy Butler straight up. Okay, Otto Porter is not getting buckets. He's very passive. He's not really shining. Trade Otto Porter for Jimmy Butler, and the Washington Wizards will become the biggest pissing contest in NBA history. In the Western Conference, let's talk the Dallas Mavericks. This was my good surprise team. Look out for this sleeper team. They play They play solid on defense. I was a little worried. The opening night against Phoenix, DeAndre Jordan looked like he aged 10 years. Luka Doncic looked like he didn't, he didn't run a lap all offseason. They looked uncoordinated. Wesley Matthews was trying to revive himself, but now they're back. They beat Minnesota. They beat Chicago. They're clicking. The ghost of Wesley Matthews is here. I picked up Wesley Matthews on the fantasy team, folks. He's been picking it up. Dropped 20 points last night. And there's no defense being played at all in the in the NBA, it seems, uh, by most teams. So, they're scoring buckets at an astronomical rate. I love it. I love this Dallas team. They're going to be hanging around the 9th seed, 8th seed. Doncic is my guy. He's my rookie of the year pick. He always seems like he's out of gas which seems to be a thing with the Yugo guys. I think Doncic and Nikola Jokic need to find a strength and conditioning coach, although they're godly. They just uh, they just run out of gas. Dennis Smith Jr., along with Doncic, is a fun pairing. Dirk Nowitzki's not there to witness all this greatness, but he's collecting checks, so shout out Dirk Nowitzki. You got DeAndre Jordan setting screens. Once again, like I said, Matthews is playing. Barnes is out there. They got some shooters. And this should be a fun team to watch. That's a league pass team for me because I'm a big Doncic guy. Denver Nuggets, look out. 3-0. and oh. Speaking of Jokic, Nikola, the Joker Jokic. He's, he's a beast. Boban is the only man that can shut down Nikola Jokic. They go all the way back to Serbia. And Boban just has his number. He knows his tricks. But Jokic with a perfect triple-double, no turnovers, not missing a shot or a free throw. He's a stud. If he just played some more defense... That's it. Some more defense and his cardio up. He would be the greatest center in the league. He's absolutely unbelievable. He can shoot it anywhere. He is the point guard for the Nuggets. He's the point center. The Joker, Nikola Jokic. Look out for the Nuggets. They're pretty deep. They don't have a lot of names. There's Millsap. Jamal Murray's going to be taking another step this year. They got weapons off the bench. Look out when Michael Porter Jr. makes an appearance. IT will be coming back. Nuggets are stacked. They're a scary team. They beat the Clippers on opening night. And the, we'll get to the Clippers. But the Nuggets, look out for them. Golden State Warriors, one word, cruising. They're just playing. They're waiting for April. They're just enjoying their, their company with each other. DeMarcus Cousins is laughing at fans who are trying to troll him. He's just laughing. But he'll be back soon. And when he comes back, look out. Because now Draymond doesn't have to take a beating 
at the center position, Boogie Cousins will be laying shoulders and elbows on all the big men in the West and the East and anybody that faces them in the playoffs. But Golden State just cruising, lost to Denver, uh, but they destroyed in front of their home court. They beat Phoenix up last night. Yeah, Golden State's always good to watch when they when they want to try. I also agree with Draymond Green that they're not really emphasizing defense. The referees uh, are not emphasizing defense whatsoever. And I agree with Draymond. There's all these games in the 140s. It's out of control. But offensive league, we're turning into an offensive league just like the NFL. The Pat Mahomes era. This is the Steph Curry era. Points, points, points. Houston Rockets, from what I see, they're not as good as they were last year. They lost some defensive pieces, and you look at Mbamute, eh, you look at a reason, eh, kind of old, not really shooting well, but they were glue guys for the switching, the the defense that Jeff Jeff B, I'll call him Jeff B, was running. He was the defensive coordinator for Houston, and he retired abruptly last week or so. Maybe Stephen Curry sent him a check. Who knows? Nevertheless, the defensive coordinator retires. The defense has been sloppy for the first three games. They've been spat on, so Chris Paul was out here laying two pieces to Rajon Rondo. Carmelo Anthony is out here trying to beat up everybody. Chris Paul was gone for Sunday, but they should have beaten the Clippers. It's the Clippers, because everybody talks about the, about the Clippers, but I say they're a sleeper good team. Before I get to the Clippers, I want to say about Carmelo Anthony. Ugh, Carmelo Anthony is not really vibing right now. He should be uh, off the, I don't know what they do with Carmelo. I think he is off the bench already. I think he is a six man. Yeah, I don't know what to do with Melo. Melo, will Melo be on that roster by February? Or will he be traded to Phoenix for Trevor Ariza and then released? The Clippers, one word, fun. They're fun to watch. They're also the best priced ticket in town. We got LAFC, the soccer team. They're going to the playoffs, okay? We have the LA Rams, the last unbeaten team in the NFL. And they're going to the Super Bowl. We have the Dodgers in the World Series. We have the Lakers with LeBron driving up the prices. And you have the Clippers where you can watch the Rockets, the Thunder for nine bucks. Yeah, they're in the 300s. You want to spend a little bit? Drop 25 and sit. Boom, in the 200s or the 100s. Go check out a Clippers game if you're in town. It's definitely worth it, especially when they're playing a good opponent. I know people are going to say the Clippers' two wins are the Thunder without Westbrook and the Rockets without Chris Paul. But the Clippers... Look good. They're, they're going to get flowing. Shea Gilch-Alexander is fun, and Boban is leading the way. Boban for MVP. That guy's that, If that guy could play 36 minutes, it'd be unbelievable. Tobias is underrated. Gallinari is healthy. And, yeah, that's all I got to say about the Clippers. The Lakers, the big show, the A-side, the real team in Los Angeles. Sorry, Clipper Daryl. You can come defend your team anytime on the Too Legit Show. But the Los Angeles Lakers are 0-3. Who could have predicted that the Lakers would be 0-3? They lost in Portland. They never win in Portland. It's okay. LeBron has lost all of his debuts. It's all good. And then the Lakers played the Rockets at home. The home opener, bright lights, big city, pretty ladies all over the courtside or in the 300s to stay away from the family section. You got to keep them separated at all times. It was a big deal. The Dodgers were playing game seven. People were like, cool. LeBron is opening up. The Staples Center. So, of course, the Rockets were in town. This led to all sorts of spitting. We talked about this. The spitting. Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul have had beef for over a decade. They haven't liked each other. Doc Rivers has coached both of them. He knows what it's about. He just doesn't want to spill the beans. Rajon Rondo spit 
on Chris Paul. Chris Paul, you know, he was doing his shoulder shrugs. And then he wipes his face. He does the finger. Because that's very disrespectful. I can't think of another thing that's as disrespectful as spitting. I mean, you can doo-doo on somebody. But spitting on somebody is the ultimate disrespect. You deserve some punches coming. Rondo didn't like the finger. He threw a left hook. Excuse me, I hit my mic. He threw a left hook. He connected. Chris Paul hit an uppercut, followed by a left jab. He landed that two-piece extra crispy on Rajon Rondo. They had to be separated. LeBron pulled his best friend out of the ruckus. Brandon Ingram coming out with these cheap shots. He tried to land that cheap shot on Melo. I'm not messing with Melo. I'm sorry. He tried to land it on Chris Paul. But he was trying to get in Melo's grill as well. I'm not messing with Melo. Melo's always down to fight. He was throwing punches in Atlanta. He was throwing punches as a nugget against the Knicks. He doesn't give a fuck. Melo likes to box. He's a huge boxing fan, so he will throw the fisticuffs. All these guys got suspended. Ingram got four games. Rajon Rondo got three. To me, there's a trade incoming. I don't know if LeBron and Rondo can get along anymore. He spit on his best friend, his brother for life. I expect a trade coming soon. I'm not saying this trade is going to happen right now. This trade could happen in a couple months. Some of the contracts have to release on December 15th, so everybody becomes available to trade. I'm just saying Rajon Rondo may have booked his ticket out the door of Los Angeles with that one. Let's get to the third game. They lost to the Spurs in overtime after LeBron tied it with seconds to go in the fourth on a, on a three-pointer, tied it at 128-128. And then we lost it in overtime. You thought the Lakers had it. I believe they were up five with about a minute to go in overtime. And LeBron missed two free throws. And all the Kobe fans, all the Kobe fans, or the stands, however you want to call them, were ready to eat LeBron alive. He missed two free throws. And the Lakers lost. And the Lakers lost on a beautifully executed play after a timeout by Greg Popovich. Surprise, surprise. All the Laker fans who hate LeBron, all the Kobe fans were Googling MJ missing two free throws and Kobe missing two free throws to see if it's happened before. They want they want to trade LeBron right now. It's, it's out of control. LeBron will steer the ship. He'll turn it around. It's only three games. I say after 20 games is when you can really decide because that's what we'll see. That's when we'll see the rotations. Rondo's probably going to the bench now. And the Lakers will finally get moving. They hopefully acquire another big man some way, somehow. They trade for a big man. They need one. Because when McGee goes to the bench, they got nobody at the five. You have Anthony Kiedis courtside flipping off Chris Paul, pointing at Chris Paul. Anthony Kiedis looks like a GTA character from PlayStation 2. He looks like he's wearing a disguise as Anthony Kiedis. This man, Anthony Kiedis, had to be escorted out of the building. He'll be back, though. He's not going to get banned for life. He's too cool and too much of a fan to be banned for life. He'll be back, and he'll be performing at halftime, probably, as a makeup. Memphis Grizzlies. I know they have Jaron Jackson Jr., but let me know when they trade Mike Conley and Pau Gasol. Excuse me, Mark Gasol. Pau Gasol, we'll get to you, Pau Gasol. You're a legend, brother. Shout out, shout out, shout out to Pau Gasol. But... <laughs> But Marcus All, I don't know how you move that contract. I don't know where you trade him, but you got to get rid of him. He's very unhappy. He's not really into it. They got to move Marcus All by the deadline. And Conley, too, even though Conley's the heart and soul. Yeah, just completely restart with Memphis. Minnesota, the greatest soap opera in the NBA. Jimmy Butler, he'll probably get traded eventually. I mean, Washington, Miami, somewhere. Carl Anthony Towns is not really feeling this. He's not vibing in this offense. He should be the number one option and the number two option. He's the most talented player on the squad. 
So versatile, can shoot it, can play in the post, yet Jimmy Butler is getting all the touches. But he's proven his point to Tom Thibodeau. Because when he rested, they lost. He's proven his point to Thibodeau. He's not trading him. He's going to have to fire Thibodeau. Glenn Taylor. KG called you out and said, you don't know bleep about basketball. You're going to have to make a decision on Tibbs. And my last point about Minnesota, because I don't really know much about them other than uh, get get Carl Anthony Towns the ball, is does Tom Thibodeau get two separate direct deposits as coach and general manager? That's got a sting to Glenn Taylor right now. Because he's trying to make a trade, and Thibodeau doesn't want to trade. So you got to, you know, everybody's got to get on the same page. Get your house together, as Pat Riley says. New Orleans. One word, scary. Julius Randle, animal. I'm so glad I drafted him. He was my sleeper. I got him in my fantasy draft. He's a, he's a monster. With this offense, he's passing him and Davis. The Kentucky guys really just get in sync really fast. Anthony Davis looks like the MVP through three games. He is an absolute monster. He's racking up the points. The pace they play at is unbelievable. There's, there, there is, uh, I don't know what to say about the pace other than it's the fastest, and Davis is going to rack up numbers if he stays healthy, which shouldn't really be a factor because he's been healthy. He's going to be the MVP. Holiday, animal. Love him. Milotic scoring threes in bunches. What can I say? Gentry has got the, the ship right. People were saying he was going to be on the hot seat. The Pelicans look like the best team in basketball right now. Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook comes back. They're playing Sacramento. And they lose by 10. What? The Oklahoma City Thunder are 0-3. They lost to Golden State. Okay. They lost to the Clippers. Okay. And now they lost to the Sacramento Kings. Full squad. They lost by 10 to the Sacramento Kings. Supposed to be the worst team in basketball. At least the worst team in the West. Russell Westbrook came back. He dropped 32 points, 12 assists. They lost. I thought the injury bug was going to be the the biting the thunder this year. The defense bug ate the injury bug, and that is now infecting the team. Andre Roberson is the major key to that defense. I understand. But holy crap, you can't be losing to the Sacramento Kings. You just can't. Now, them and the Lakers are the only two teams that are 0-3 in the West. Phoenix, up and down, fun and young. Love to watch him. Great league pass team. DeAndre Ayton. Very versatile. Offensive weapon. Can play defense as well. Booker, always fun to watch. They got Josh Jackson, who's finding himself. Trevor Ariza with that leadership. They got Jamal Crawford as well. Fun team to watch. They're going to win some games. Just with energy and a hot night from Buka. From Devin Booker T. Portland. Very bad loss last night to Washington. They won. They they won the opener. They beat uh they beat the Lakers. But that loss last night has everyone in Portland guessing themselves. I follow NBC Northwest. I follow some Trailblazer fans and some bloggers. And they're questioning if they're gonna ride or die with Lillard McCollum. Of course, I predicted they will not. And this Wizards loss. Only enhances the questions. I love me some Lillard. He came out dressed like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He can give me a hell yeah anytime, Lillard. You can come on this podcast and talk wrestling anytime with your boy Alex Fernandez. But the Blazers, I think we should give them 20 games like I'm giving like I'm giving 20 games to the Lakers. We'll give them 20 games and see how this shakes out. Sacramento. 
Yeah, they're just a, a squad with a bunch of young dudes. They got Marvin Bagley and some Pumas. And I think Zach Randolph is still on that team. Shout out to Aaron Fox. San Antonio. I have no idea. I have no idea. They have so many injuries with White and Murray and and Lonnie Walker. I don't know. But they'll sneak in. The second half of the season will be a lot better. They'll get that flow. DeRozan will find himself, even though he's playing very well. He's shooting efficiently. Although last night he wasn't too hot. He, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll get there. I like DeRozan a lot in Sacramento. I'm sorry, Sacramento. I don't want to offend you. I like DeRozan a lot in San Antonio. Uh, but they, the injuries are piling up. And I don't know where they'll fall in the West. Aldridge is out here dropping 37, though. Look out. Utah came out kind of flat. They came out kind of flat this year. They lost to Golden State after Golden State with that miraculous comeback. They beat Sacramento, I remember, but they were pretty, uh, weren't really uh, pulling away there from Sacramento. And uh, they lost last night to Memphis. They're putting up good numbers, but they're not really winning and they're not playing defense to the rate they should be. Give them some time to shake it out. They had that hot win streak to end the season last year. And maybe we're, I'm overbuying them a little bit. But they got the pieces. I don't expect Mitchell to have a sophomore slump. I expect Grayson Allen to play solid minutes. And I expect him to be a top four seed. And that's my Western Conference reactions. Let's take a quick break and I'll do some NFL talk. let's talk nfl rams and chiefs looks like it's going to be the super bowl rams took care of business they flexed that game from the sunday night and they murdered the 49ers holy crap that game was over by the first quarter that game was over at kickoff rams still look like animals i don't see any holes Talib is going to come back to strengthen that secondary even more. Cooper Cup is the Iron Man. Robert Woods is the greatest second receiver in the NFL right now. Shout out to Robert Woods. And the Chiefs continue to dominate. Steph Curry, Pat Mahomes, dominate. They made the Bengals look like a JV team on Sunday night. And they continue their push. I can't wait to see them play the Chargers again. Uh, because the Chargers are a pretty good team. I can't, can't wait to see that, even though they squeaked by Tennessee in London. Other things I'm going to talk about, man, the Giants. Monday night football, Giants and Falcons. Eli has to go. Eli Manning is pretty bad. Odell Beckham showed out. He let his play talk because John Marr was like, he needs to stop talking off the field let the play talk. So Odell Beckham, with his awesome beard and his amazing swagger, said, okay, Look at all these numbers I'm racking up, and we're still catching L's because of Eli Manning. Because you love Eli Manning so much that we're just going to keep catching L's, and we're going to tank it up. And you're wasting Odell Beckham's prime right now. This is why Odell Beckham wanted out. Should have traded him and just rebuilt the whole thing. But no, no, no. Now you got him locked into this contract. And I think John Maher heard me that Eli had to go, but instead he traded Eli Apple. Eli Apple went to New Orleans. And now it seems like they're in full rebuild mode. Are they going to trade Landon Collins? That's the, it's the last year of his deal as well. But, you know, they won't trade Eli to Jacksonville for a fourth-round pick. I don't get it, but they love, some, they love them some Eli. This has to be Eli's last year. They're going to get a top pick. 
They should trade Odell Beckham for a first-round pick. Amari Cooper got a first-round pick. Odell Beckham should get two first-round picks. That's an amazing trade. They should just go full rebuild now, the Giants. Just just trade him. Trade him for a first-round pick at least. At least a first-round pick, if not... The asking price is definitely two first-round picks for Odell Beckham. Amari Cooper is traded to the Dallas Cowboys. Who knows what that's about? He wasn't really clicking with the Oakland Raiders at all with their offense. So, yeah, maybe he clicks in Dallas. Maybe Jason Garrett finds a way to use him. Dak Prescott airs it out to Amari Cooper, and it works. Oakland Raiders are racking up first-round picks. They have three first-round picks in 2019. And Derek Carr is probably the next one to go. Look, Derek Carr, Jacksonville, somebody trade that first-round pick. Jacksonville Jaguars, make it happen. And if you don't like him, you can get away from that contract the next year. Derek Carr has lost faith. Derek Carr, John Gruden has lost faith in Derek Carr. He's not a Derek Carr believer. He's not a Derek Carr guy. So he's going to trade Derek Carr. He's going to trade Carl Joseph. But back to Derek Carr. So those are two first-round picks right there. Derek Carr was seen crying, and it seems like his his his, his team is, is, is fragmenting right now. They're not on the same page as Derek Carr, and Derek Carr has some love in the locker room, but the majority is not really feeling him as the starting quarterback. Therefore, he should be traded for a first-round pick somewhere fresh like Jacksonville, but Jacksonville is not going to go anywhere until Leonard Fournette comes back. Let me wrap it up on Oakland, their complete tank job. It's going to be a completely different team by the time it gets to Vegas. The only thing that should be there, no, I'm sorry. The only thing that, the only thing that will be there when it hits Vegas is John Gruden. Now on to the Jaguars. They're free-falling. They're hating each other. The defense is a little bit of a front-runner because they rely on that offense so heavily. But now that Fournette is gone, Blake Bortles cannot hide. You need Leonard Fournette in that lineup. Jamal Charles just got cut after two games. They sent him back to 2013. They need to find themselves another running back. Will they trade for Le'Veon Bell? Don't think so. Trading for a quarterback seems like the move. Do they trade for Teddy Bridgewater? So New Orleans want to recoup some of those picks. But Jacksonville needs a quarterback ASAP Rocky. And that's all I want to talk about in the NFL. The rest, I mean, Baker Mayfield, you know, holding his head down when they scored that, uh, when they, what, they scored that, they hit that game-winning field goal from 59 yards, Tampa Bay did. Nothing really else. You know, really hit. Oh, Carolina. Carolina coming back from 17 points to beat the Eagles. Holy crap, Eagles. Look out. The Cowboys are going to. Who knows going to win that division? Are the Redskins going to really win that division? Comedy. Yeah, that's all my NFL talk right now. I'm going to take a sip of water. And I'm going to read this Conor McGregor Instagram post right here. Word for word. So Conor McGregor has posted about his fight. It has 2.7 million likes in 14 hours as of this recording. Thoughts of his last fight. It, and I love how he chose a picture of him landing a beautiful left cross to the jaw of Khabib Nurmagomedov. Didn't really rock him or drop him, but it was a hell of a shot. Notorious MMA. Let's see what he says. Do I have the full bio here? Beautiful. It's got it all. Thoughts on my last fight. Round one. I believe from a sports standpoint, round one was his. Connor, you're one of my favorite fighters. I'm a huge dick rider for yours. I always choose you even though I shouldn't choose you sometimes. Big fan of yours. But Khabib, Khabib Nurmagomedov beat you from a sports standpoint, a fight standpoint, a street fight standpoint, a sambo standpoint, a grappling standpoint, a stand-up standpoint, every kind of standpoint, okay? 
Point fighting karate, he beat you as well. If you want to go by that scoring, he beat you from every standpoint. Round one was definitely his top position against the fence. Although he, I agree, zero advancement and zero damage. I agree. He didn't get you tired at all. He didn't waste any energy. You didn't waste any energy. And he had the top position. From a fight standpoint, the first round is mine. Come on, Connor. Come on, Connor. What, what are we doing, Connor? From a fight standpoint, I got to rewatch the fight if you landed more shots. Um, but I think Khabib uh, controlled you. And a fight is all about who controls you. In a boxing match, Muay Thai match, judo, UFC, mixed martial arts, who has the control? The person controlling the fight is the person winning the fight. Actual shots landed and a willingness to engage. Straight left early, knee to the head, elbows in, all the tie-up opponent just holding the legs against the fence for almost the entire round. I think Connor is trying to bait Habib into throwing more punches and to leave more openings in the rematch coming up in like two or three fights. Round two, he is running away around the cage before being blessed with a right hand that changed the course of the round and the fight. I agree with you, Connor, that it did change the course of the round and the fight. However, I disagree with you that he was running away from the cage and that he was blessed with that right hand. He was landing the takedowns and you were very worried about the takedowns. Excuse me. You were very worried about the takedowns and he fakes the takedown going low and throws the big loopy right hand, which you prepared for, which I saw, which I thought you were going to duck, but you were so worried about that takedown. He got you Wha-bam! right on the jaw and buckled you and had made your ass hit the floor, but you recovered like that to your credit. You recovered instantly. He just hit you with a flash. He got you. It was a nice shot. Yes. After the shot, he bounced back to engage instantly. Yes, I agree with I agree with you that it was a nice shot. And I agree with you that you bounced back instantly. He dipped under that as a sport. It was a smart we led to a down around. So no issue. Well played. Of course. Well played. He, he won the round. He won the round with that shot. But then I think he was uh, on top of you and landing crazy punches and bunches. You don't really talk about how he was on top of you just landing at will. If I stay switched on and give his stand-up even more of the right hand, we're talking to complete. Yep, you didn't give his stand-up a little more respect. That's your fault, though. Not an excuse, right? Not an excuse. No excuses. No excuses. I gave his upright fighting no respect in preparation. No respect stand-up spars whatsoever. Attacking grapplers, wrestlers, this won't happen again. I also gave my attacking grappling no respect. Too defense-minded. That's correct. You you were you were not as engaged and not as offensive as usual. Your your body language is a little different. You may have had staph infection looking at your hand. You had some openings on your fingers, which led to staph. People were speculating that you were, you were on some drugs, some antibiotics. It is well known that you had a bunch of uh, chaos in your locker with people going in and out constantly. And that happens with when you're such a big star and you got the proper 12 whiskey and you got randoms trying to come in your locker room and shake your hand before a fight, take photos with you. Not surprised that happened. Listen to nobody but yourself on your skill set. Okay. You are the master of your own universe. Okay. Yes. I must take my own advice. Yes. You should take your own advice, Connor. I agree with you. The round three after the worst round of my career. I agree. I come back and win this round. I had you winning round three. That is my fault. His recovery was not there. And he was winning the early exchanges in four. He dips under again. Ended up in a bad position. With over three on the clock, I worked to regain position with my back to the fence. However, I made a critical error of abandoning my overhook at this crucial time, exposing the back, and I ended up beating fair and square. He accepts it. He accepts the L. What else do you want? What can I say? It was a great fight, and it was my pleasure. 
I'll be back with my confidence high, fully prepared. If it's not a rematch right away, no problem. I'll face it next in line. It's all me always. Anyway, see you soon. So he confronts the fight with an Instagram post. I respect it. He always takes the L on the chin. It'll come back a better fighter. A lot of reporters, a lot of media thought he was trying to hide and pretend like the loss never happened. But he confronts the loss here on Instagram. Of course, there's Khabib's side, there's Connor's side, and then what really happened. So you can kind of take it with a grain of salt, some of the bio. But I respect Connor for taking it. I respect Connor for taking the L. Tony and Khabib have to happen next. And then as far as Connor goes, I like to see him fight Nate Diaz in a rematch. Or he could wait for the winner. He's got so much cash. He wears Versace everything. Who knows what's going to happen? Thank you guys for listening to the Two Legit Podcast. My name is Alex Fernandez. Make sure to subscribe here on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you're listening. And if you're watching on YouTube and Instagram, make sure to subscribe for daily content and to check out the rest of the videos all around me.